Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hockey fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey. Brave the Wild is on the sportstuff.com, also on iTunes, Double Twist, and on Stitcher. So now we're on Stitcher. That's good. I do believe I mentioned that on the previous episode, and in fact, I did. So welcome to those of you that may be joining the show from Stitcher within within the last month or so. Do apologize. There's been quite a delay from the last episode. Extremely busy schedule, hard to get things going, and every time I thought I was going to do it, I just wasn't able to, so I do apologize for that. We're back for Brave the Wild now, and that's what counts. Well, it's been almost a whole month, unfortunately, about three weeks since the last episode. Things were not going so well, and I called the episode, is this a script? Because it looked like the Wild were falling right back into the same pattern they had the last two years or so under Mike Yo, where things would start off really, really, really good. And then it would start to slow down a little bit in November. And then by late November, we'd begin the swan dive into December, which was literally a deep freeze for this wild club every single year into January. And Mike Yo is going to get fired. Mike Yo is going to get fired. Mike Yo is going to get fired. And then he doesn't get fired. And all of a sudden, something clicks and the Wilds start playing super duper good. They go to the playoffs, get to the second round, lose to Chicago. Yeah, sounds like a pattern, and it's been a pattern. So, <laughs> or in the first year, they lose to Chicago in the first round. But, yeah, you get the idea. Um, well, November ended the way the way it started with a loss. A very, very rough month of November for the Wild. Uh, the Wild had lost to Vancouver earlier that week, uh, the day before Thanksgiving there, Wednesday the 25th, and they lose in a, another regulation game. At home against the Winnipeg Jets, just devastating losses, three to one loss, and a just a just a lifeless game on Black Friday. That was the last game I talked about on this show on Brave the Wild. And then you had to Dallas, hoping and praying for a win. I picked the Wild to win that one. I thought they'd have some type of an emotional deal. Boy, did I look like I was going to be right because the Wild took a three nothing lead in that game. Darcy Kemper was in net because of the back to back. You figure, okay, give Devin Dubnik a break. He'd started many games in a row. Give Darcy Kemper a chance. And he started off so well. He was doing so good. And then next thing you know, the Dallas Stars get a hat. <laughs> the Dallas Stars just come come rolling back. They have a hat trick of a third period. And then, of course, win right away in overtime. Just totally figures. I mean, just a absolute devastation for all of us here in Minneapolis and St. Paul. Just just an unbelievable, heart, heartbreaking turn of events. Dallas Stars score immediately in overtime. Tyler Sigan. As I kept calling him Sagin, 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 like every show, but it's actually Sigan, and I know that, and I kept forgetting it, and it just was driving me nuts, so I do apologize for that. His 13th goal of the year sends the Stars to victory. Another heartbreaker for the Wild, blowing a three-goal lead. Darcy Kemper, he looks so good, and then there you go, boom, down we go. So then I picked the Wild to lose to Chicago, and then the, in Chicago, of course, and then the Wild win in Chicago. They Start playing the brand of hockey. They go back to the brand of hockey that made them so successful. It's not the most exciting thing in the world to watch, but this is this is how the Wild get it done. And they they, they started refocusing to what they were doing last season, right after the, they got Devin Dubnik, when they started winning games two to one, one to nothing. 
they broke the script. Though did the I mean, or are the wild on the verge of breaking the script? Well, ultimately they did this month of December, <laughs> and it got very interesting with how the wild got this done as well. Uh, a victory in Chicago, just flooding and peppering Mister Corey Crawford. Thirty-six shots on goal, only two went through, but it was enough as Chicago got thirty-one shots on goal. And only managed one goal, but of course, Patrick Kane extending that point streak that's still going right now. It's just unbelievable. Patrick Kane, the guy who, who some people thought he was going to be out of Chicago this back in the summertime. Of course, he stayed there, and now he's leading the whole NHL in scoring. Like when I said he's the leading scorer, that's what I meant to say last episode. That was kind of a slip up a little bit. I do apologize for that. Uh, but the Wild get back to that grind it out shut down defense style, and they start winning hockey games. Well, gosh darn it. Devin Dubnik only gives up one goal after facing 31 shots. Then they host the, the Wild host, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and win one nothing. It's the Maple Leafs, right? You know, you're supposed to beat them 4-1 to one or something. But hey, a win to win, one to nothing. Just like last season when the Wild beat the Winnipeg, uh, excuse me, beat the uh, uh, Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames in back-to-back games with like 2-1, to one, one nothing type scores. But it started a winning streak because the Wilds, because the Wild were eliminating some of those bad habits, and they were starting to play some really tight defense. They were getting the job done, and they were scoring timely goals that ended up winning the game. There you go, one goal. That's all the Wild needed. Devin Dubnik with a shutout, facing only 28 shots from Toronto. Um, again, Toronto, you think they give up all these goals and everything, but they they have decent goaltenders. Just their defense had been kind of porous, but the Wild were were just. Putting the clamps down, and they end up winning the game. Matt Dumba scoring against his old club, <laughs> the Toronto Maple Leafs, and ultimately that ended up winning the game for the Wild. So there you go, one nothing victory. Then the Wild host the Colorado Avalanche, and another shutout. Unbelievable. <laughs> Devin Dubnik racking up the shutout minutes here. You gotta love this. But then again, no, he didn't because. <laughs> yeah, you thought he was going to do it because he was doing great. And then, oh gosh darn it, it looks like he hurt his knee. Ultimately, it ended up being his uh, ended up being his groin, and he's going to miss some time. Nobody really knew how much time the Wild were going to miss, or excuse me, that uh, Dubnik was going to miss. But Darcy Kemper faced the nine remaining shots, and that was all he needed to do. And the Wild win the game 3 to nothing over the Colorado Avalanche. Another shutout, and this one had to be a team shutout. That <laughs> was kind of kind of entertaining how things turned out there. Dumbo with a goal in back-to-back games. Fontaine and Jason Pominville with his third goal of the season. So kind of funny how a guy went from zero goals to three goals. <laughs> he finally scored a goal a few nights back before. <laughs> then he had three goals. So there you go. Uh, Pominville starting to get a little bit caught up in that category. But three guys right there who had not been a part of things. In the scoring department, Fontaine obviously had been hurt forever. Parisi was hurt for a while, and he helped Matt Dumbo with that goal, along with Mikhail Grindland, who started a point streak of his own. And it kept going for a while there, and that was nice indeed for the Wild. Then they head to Colorado on December the 7th. This is Monday, December the 7th. You know how the Wild seem to have one of these with Colorado every year, a home-and-home type of deal. Head to Colorado, end up losing the game 2-1 to one in, uh, in a overtime loss. At least the Wild were able to wind up with a point in it, but they could not get the victory. Kind of disappointing. Uh, Darcy Kemper, the starter. And this right here, this little miniature stretch right here, is when Darcy Kemper is starting to turn in like uh, a new version of James uh, of Josh Harding. It's <laughs> James Harden, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> Does he have a big beard or something? No, Josh Harding for the Wild. It seemed like he'd always be in there. He'd stop a trillion shots and the Wild would lose in overtime or there'd be a timely goal at the last second. And it was heartbreaking. Like, there was no goal support. This is literally like a Josh Harding type of game. And it seemed like maybe that's who Darcy Kemper is going to be now. Had you had Backstrom all those years. And then Josh Harding would go in. He'd face like 38 shots from the Detroit Red Wings. And the Wild would lose one nothing or 2-1 to one or something. And it's just like, ah, poor, poor Josh Harding. And I felt bad for him. But at least he was here long term. And he was always solid for the most part. Most of those years he was solid. He had one bad year in there. Um, and now maybe that's Kemper. Maybe you could keep him long-term as a, as a really good backup, a dependable backup. And, well, there it is. But unfortunately, the guy was getting snake bit with loss after loss. That was the whole point. Because after a three-day break, the Wild had to Devin Dubnik's former club, the Arizona Coyotes, no longer the Phoenix Coyotes, on Friday, December the, 8, uh, the 11th. And another 2-1 to overtime loss. Unbelievable. Darcy Kemper faces the same situation. And in this case... 
uh, faces actually less shots, only 21 shots, gives up two goals, so it wasn't like that great. It wasn't that great, but of course, one of them was in, was in overtime, so he'd stopped 20 of uh, stopped 19 of 20 shots going into overtime, but ultimately could not stop. Michael Bedler getting his 11th goal of the season. The Arizona Coyotes hanging in there and trying to trying to sneak into a playoff berth in that weaker division over there. <laughs> the Pacific Division over there. Um, well, this is the way you do it. You beat a, a solid team like the Minnesota Wild, who were starting to play a little bit better. Uh, Spurgeon was the only scorer for the Wild, and Budler was uh, was definitely the star of the game, scoring both goals for the Arizona Coyotes. So ultimately, Anders Lindback, the goaltender for the uh, Arizona Coyotes, won the star of the game. I would have thought it'd be Bud- Budker, but okay. I mean, good for him. <laughs> Arizona got all the stars in that game. That's kind of funny how that turns out in a game that went to overtime, but it is what it is. Yes, I'm kind of brushing things with a broad stoke, but also kind of getting us caught up as well. That's what I'm attempting to do right now. And we're getting a little bit closer here. And then Darcy Kemper, who had not won a single game, was was struggling early on. As I'll talk about his statistics uh, from November into December here in a second. But this is where Darcy Kemper broke the tide. Minnesota Wild head to San Jose. And this is where the Wild break the tide because, yeah, okay, you figure we're going to beat the Arizona Coyotes. You know, and, and maybe Colorado, but we'll, we'll, we'll beat Arizona. We always beat them, but we never win in San Jose. So what do we do? We lose in overtime to Arizona. We get a point, and we get a point against the uh, Colorado Avalanche. That's good. At least the Wild get a point out of it. But you head to San Jose. We always lose there. Even if the Sharks are struggling, and but usually in the past they were good, and we always lose like 4-1, to 3-1, to one, something like that. And the Wild are never winners in San Jose. Just never. It just never goes their way. But then Darcy Kemper, again, breaks the tide, stops all 25 shots he faces, gets the shutout. Absolutely fantastic. Very exciting to see that we may we, we may have a talented young goalie to go uh, to, to be our backup to go along with Devin Dubnik. Some a guy who's also long like Devin Dubnik. Dubnik is six foot six, has an incredible amount of reach. Darcy Kemper, six foot five, an incredible amount of reach. Pretty valuable stuff, especially heading into a shootout situation. Very exciting for the Wild, but ultimately, in the grand scheme of things, a guy that can cover a lot of ground but also is flexible and talented. That's what's really exciting about the Wilds' future in the goaltender position when you have Dubnik and Kemper there. Long-term, hopefully, in Kemper's case, but Dubnik for sure. Uh, Parisi netting his ninth goal. Koivu getting his fifth. And Koivu, just, uh, man, just having an awesome month. And there's Granlund again, continuing his point streak at that point in time. That point in time. And then you have a couple of days off. Vancouver. Minnesota Wild host the Vancouver Canucks December the 15th. This was Tuesday, December the 15th, and the Wild just go ape bleep on this team. <laughs> Doesn't matter if Kemper's good or not. He did stop <laughs> 29 of 31 shots in the game. Gave up two goals to the Canucks, one of them pretty late. But you know what? Whatever. <laughs> the Wild's offense was just awesome. This was a highlight reel for multiple players. Unfortunately, Mr. Grandlet, as I posted on the Facebook page, his point streak comes to an end. That's disappointing. It's too bad, but he'd, he'd been on such a run. He was fourth on the team in scoring when there was a point. He was like eighth, ninth, tenth on the team in scoring. Way, way down there, as if he's one of those kind of guys. He's You thought, wait, has he been injured for a while? And then it's like, no, he hasn't. He's been in all the games, yet he's like the tenth leading scorer in the team. Then he'd climbed all the way up to fourth on the team in scoring. Very, very cool for him. Nice to see. But he didn't get a point in this one yet. <laughs> that Koivu Parisi and and Vanek line. Wow, those guys working so well together. Koivu Parisi and Vanek just tearing up the whole place. Unbelievable night for the Wild. Suter also netting a goal. Who's just been having one of the, just been having an unbelievable year. Uh, Nita Reiter finally getting a point. That's good. I mean, that's good for me. At least he got a point. He's been really struggling. A guy that you really were counting on, hopefully long-term, to be a goal scorer. Scandella also netting a shot with his powerful wrister. And Prosser even getting a rare assist. How about that? And Pominville adding another point. So Pominville continuing to hang in there for the Wild in that one. And then another highlight reel. The Wild just start kicking some butt again. New York Rangers come to town. (laughs) Come to town. And they have a situation, unfortunately where Ranta was hit early from a Scandella shot. He'd faced three shots, and or four shots, and gave up a goal, unfortunately for him. 
And that was ultimately to Miko Koivu, who else, right? No, no, he's not necessarily scoring a ton of goals, but he's just racking up the assists, the points overall. Koivu ultimately wound up with two goals in this game, his seventh and eighth of the season. Just a remarkable season indeed for Miko Koivu, just racking up the points. Matt Dumba, another goal. Another goal. Matt Dumba with three goals in a pretty short stretch there. And Nito Niederreiter with another rare assist. And then Granlin getting back in the points. Again, very happy for him right there. And then Pominville with goal number four. How about that? You gotta like it. Uh, Dominic Moore had us worried a little bit there. Getting his third goal of the season. The third, or excuse me, fourth line center for the New York Rangers. <laughs> Trying to keep himself relevant, keep himself in the league, but also get back at a team that had given up on him a long, long ago in a galaxy very far away. About nine, ten years ago, did Dominic Moore play for the Minnesota Wild? He's been kind of all over the place with Toronto and 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 other teams out there. Uh, very nice to see Pominville score. And at this point, the Wild had also acquired. Mr. Stoll, who had also been with the New York Rangers, Jared Stoll, New York Rangers, uh, Los Angeles Kings, a couple of Stanley Cups with the LA Kings, a valuable, valuable center, kind of a second, third line type of guy in his career, but a very valuable commodity. Now at this stage, he's a fourth liner. He had been recently released, let go. Now he's available to the Wild. You got to like that. You take him on. Okay, Not, nothing special yet, but... He's the fourth-line center for the time being. Him and Halla kind of going back and forth at that. Uh, Halla was scratched for the uh, New York game. And also, by the way, Devin Dubnik finally returning from his, his injury. He he played well. He gave up a goal late. Ultimately, that was, the, that was the bummer part. But actually, this was a fairly close game for a while until the floodgates opened in that third period where four goals were scored in total. Three for the Wild, of course. Uh, Pominville getting his fourth goal. Chris Porter, like, thinking, uh-oh, this... this uh, <laughs> <laughs> this stole guy might might end up pushing me out of the uh, pushing pushing me into the press box. I better score a goal. He gets his second of the year. <laughs> Him and Fontaine being factors in that one, and of course still not a factor. And then Quavo again netting a netting a real nice one. Um, his first goal though, my goodness, <laughs> Thomas Vanek. That's a guy who. It's just been absolutely unbelievable. I mean, he was he was crazy good in that Vancouver game. He had four points in that game. Four points for Thomas Vanek in that one. Only one assist in this game, but but my God, was an assist. <laughs> just this guy has been playing unbelievable hockey for the Wild all season, and he put like a between the legs type of play, like eyes closed between the legs type of pass to Miko Koivu for his seventh goal of the year. Just the the assist of the year, without a doubt. I mean, highlight reel, NHL Network. ESPN, whatever it is, <laughs> hockey and hockey night in Canada, greatest uh, greatest pass of the season, I gotta think. And what a way to start the game! About midway through the first period, start the scoring for the Minnesota Wild. Who again, thirty-five shots on goal, fantastic. This team totally has broken the script of December. It just sucks when you see what a great run it had been for the Wild at this point to see it end in Nashville. In a 3-2 to two loss, a regulation loss to the Nashville Predators. And it's like, who are these guys, right? Well, this team wanted to beat the Wild very, 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 very badly. And, of course, we know who they are. They're a division rival, and their record is about what ours is. We're pretty much battling between the Wild Card and third place in the division leaders category. We'd like to be in that division leaders uh, range and maybe even catch St. Louis and hope to God to catch Dallas at one point. <laughs> one of these decades, right? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's just too bad. Um, Nashville going up 2-0 in that first period. Philip, Philip Forsberg and Mike Ribeiro both scoring goals in the game. Seventh for Forsberg, fourth for Ribeiro. Both very familiar names. The Wild uh, try as they might, attempting to get back in the game, and then James Neal makes it 3-0 in favor of Nashville. It's just, it's just devastating. It it aches. It, it's a shame. Um you're like, gosh, maybe Kemper should have been in, in there. But, hey, I mean, Nashville was peppering Dubnik the whole night. It's, it's, it's like there's nothing you can do. It's it's actually a good thing that he only wound up getting, giving, giving up three goals in this situation. A 3-2 to two loss for the Wild, again, in regulation. Only mustered up 22 shots on goal. All that energy, all that, all that excitement kind of gone out the window in this one. Hopefully the Wild can respond nicely. But they did mount a... They did mount a comeback, without a doubt, in that third period. Parisi getting his 11th goal of the season, and Zucker with his 8th. Koivu yet another assist, and Granlin continuing to add to his point total. That's good, but definitely a shame 
to see it kind of come to an end there. Um, oh, bummer. Uh, you just hope and pray that the Wild can kind of come out of it, can kind of come out of this, and this isn't some type of a start of a new snide, but I don't think so. Uh, but you look at the upcoming schedule here to wrap up the month of December and the uh, the year of uh, 2015, I don't like I don't like the uh, the logo I'm seeing on the 31st. The Wild never win that game, and I don't know. It seems like we always lose to that team on that day too. As I try not to cough to death, there hit the cough button before that happened. Um, but the schedule is going to be going to be tough here coming up. Um, yeah, it was just the final week there. You had two games, but then this this week too. I mean, look at the schedule coming up here. The next week is only two games, at least until well. Until New Year's Day, Friday, January 1st. That's a little ways off, but in the upcoming week, Dallas, Montreal, and Pittsburgh. Ooh. Uh, we'll talk about that in the next segment. But for now, we're going to look at the Wild overall and look how certain players have been doing. I mean, it's just uh, over the course of the month. I had to kind of go back over the games a little bit and get in a teeny bit more detail in the upcoming ones, just getting caught up, and I'm tired of having to do it that way. I really apologize that things had to go that way yet again, just like the last show. I hope you're able to bear with me and you still enjoy the show. Um, I'm still going to give you as much analysis as as, as I can and uh, keep you up to date on this team. And just to talk about the positive vibes of this team right now overall. I mean, and not everything is perfect and hunky-dory, but things are... Things are interesting. It's kind of cool to see certain players playing as well as they are when they were struggling beforehand. Um, for one, for one right here, Kemper, the way he started out the season, he wasn't too good. And then it seemed like he was getting snake bit. And it's like, man, he still hasn't won a single game this year. What the hell? Like back in October, he was he, he was in two games. He started two games. Ultimately, I think he was, yeah, he was pulled in one of them. Um, gave up goals against average in those games of 4.33. That's just absolutely terrible. Save percentage, 89. Yuck. November, only one. He only got to be in one game. And uh, he was, <laughs> that was when he was uh, replacing uh, Dubnik in one of them. Uh, 3.75 goals against average. Yuck. Uh, that's just not good at all. Uh, it was actually two games. I don't know why it's coming up this way, but 3.75 goals against average and barely over 90 in a save percentage. And then you look at the month of December. The month that's cursed this team for years now. Just, just been a curse to this team. Look at look what he did in, in Mr. Dubnik's stead during that groin injury. Unbelievable. Uh, in five overall games, four of them starts. Goals against average, 1.32. Save percentage, 0.943. And uh, unfortunately, two overtime losses. But man, only six goals against in that entire time. That's freaking awesome. Right there, extremely encouraging sign for the future of this team that you have a legitimate backup goalie. Hopefully you can keep him because eventually it gets to a point where maybe you can't. He's going to want a ton of money and want to be a starter somewhere else. But I don't know. I mean, I think in the past he's been too inconsistent to demand that at this point. But ultimately, we're just going to have to wait and see where things go for Mr. <laughs> Mr. Darcy Camper. He, he, he can't get too greedy yet, that's for sure. So uh, ultimately, though, as we try to head to the Mike Madonna and James Shepard awards here, I mean, my goodness, Miko Koivu, whew, my goodness. I mean, I, did you see this coming? The the way he's been struggling the last several years now, and then in the playoffs, basically invisible year in and year out, but always seems to disappear in March and April every year, and then and then uh, other months in between, he'll have these he'll have these hot stretches, and then he'll just disappear. Well, this hot stretch has been pretty much from the get-go this year. Uh, he started, I guess he started slow real early, and then ever since, he's just been remarkable. He's played all 31 games. He has 29 points on the season, leading the team in scoring by a five-point margin behind Ryan Suter, the guy last year. A lot of us were kicking around, criticizing and bashing. He is just having a phenomenal year on his way to 70 points if he keeps this up, 70, 75 points range. And then, gosh darn it, there's one other guy. Uh-huh, he's played all 31 games, 24 points, and including just some highlights, unbelievable passes, uh, tied with Parisi for the, the leader in, in goals, 11 goals on the season. Not a spectacular number, but good. A hell of a lot better than last year. He had Pominville type of goal scoring, pretty much. He was basically Pominville last year. Pominville's kind of making a slight comeback here. 18 points in his 31 games. Only four goals, but, well, they happened in a fairly short time. Uh, Granlin, a guy who'd been struggling early in the season. A lot of us really starting to doubt him, wondering if he's even serious in this league. 
Well, he's fourth in the team in scoring, tied with Parisi, who missed well, who missed eight games, <laughs> unfortunately. But uh, yeah, he's been racking up the assists. For some reason, the son of a gun can't finish, though, which is kind of frustrating. <laughs> so many chances, so many chances to finish in some of those games, uh, the Arizona game and, and others. It's like he had the goal. He had it. And Colorado was one of them, for sure. And the Chicago game, yeah, big time. He ended up getting an assist in one of them. Or was it both of them, actually? Uh, one of them, it's like he had a sure goal, and it's just something slipped. The puck just kind of, it just wasn't quite on target, and it hit the post. That's kind of been, yep, yep, that was the one where Pominville ended up getting his second goal. And then the same thing with Ryan Suter late in the game that ended up winning the game. Yep, Granlin ended up getting both, ended up assisting at both of the goals because of that situation. <laughs> He looked like he had a goal for sure in both cases, and that just the son of a gun can't finish for some reason, and that's the one thing missing from him. Yet he does have 17 assists, which is a, a very good number, and 20 points overall in the same 31 games. Really nice to see all four of those guys not missing a single game this year. Jared Spurgeon's value is just unbelievable, and uh, Ryan Suter making clear that <laughs> in a big way when uh, Mike Yo was blowing up at the team during that stretch in November saying, ah, oh, it's a script. And everybody started saying it right after I mentioned it. I don't know if they saw it on uh, the internet or what, or if they saw this this show, the title of the show, or what the deal is. But uh, <laughs> to see uh, all of that happen right around the same time and then Ryan Suter flipping out because uh, Mr. Uh, Yo was taking Spurgeon away from him and giving him uh, Jonas Prodeen, who's not having a very good year yet. Hopefully he can get back going again. In fact, those two started off together back at the beginning, Prodeen's rookie year, and Prodeen played really well. Uh, but Spurgeon and uh, Suter have really built the chemistry that uh, Suter was not happy about getting, uh, seeing Spurgeon go, and he started mouthing off a little bit. Um, but all seems to be better right now. I, I, I won't say the word right, but it's better. Uh, two guys that I'm getting concerned about, and you can even throw in a third one, all three of them in a row there, are, uh, well, in, in order, Jason Zucker, Charlie Coyle, and Nino Niederreiter. I mean, they're just not really not really factoring much. Uh, Zucker generally is a second liner, and I don't know, he's got eight goals, that's nice, only eight assists, 16 points, way down there where, where Granlin was before. Uh, still, it's, he, he could catch up pretty easily with a nice hot week. Coyle, only 14 points on the year, though. My goodness. And Nito Niederreiter? This is even more alarming when you consider what a factor he'd been the last few years. Only 12 points. Only 12 points. He doesn't even have half as many points as, as games played. It's just, man, it's like the guy's on pace for about 35 points on the year. I, I did not see that coming from Nito Niederreiter, so I'm a little bit... Uh, little bit saddened about that. Hopefully he can kind of turn things around here and get and start scoring again. I remember he started out the season really, really strong. Like him and Parisi were leading the team in goal scoring. And then it seemed like Niederreiter has pretty much vanished up the face of the earth ever since. Not sure what the deal is. Can only hope for the best in that one. So if we're going to have a uh, uh, James Shepard Memorial, I'm, I'm going to give the Mike Madonna Award first, though. It's going to go to Miko Koivu. And it's also going to go to Darcy Kemper for a, just an unbelievable month of December. Just held, really held the fort down, and I think outplayed Devin Dubnik in the month of December, despite the fact Dubnik had a couple of shutouts in there. Uh, great job by Darcy Kemper and also Meek of Koy, who's just having an awesome season. On pace for about 80 points on the year. Fantastic run for him. But uh, Nino Niederreiter is going to get the James Shepard Memorial. Uh, I could give it to Jonas Brodine as well. Just he's not been that good. He's 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 really been quiet, and it's not just because he doesn't score points or anything, but his his defense hadn't been as good, though it did pick up of late during the course of time when things got significantly better defensively, when the clamps started getting down, though the Wild may have kind of opened up a couple of bad habits, and it really kind of showed in that Nashville game that maybe they started getting a little excited, a little happy with themselves after scoring 11 goals in two games. So hopefully we can right the ship tomorrow night against the Dallas Stars. December, uh, on Monday, the December the 21st. But Nino Niederreiter, to pretty much be a non-factor offensively all season. I don't know, man. I, I, I saw better things from him. I'm, I'm not seeing it right now, and that's really frustrating. Um, you want to say how Hall has only got four points in three games, but his average time on ice is about 11 minutes, where Nino Niederreiter is about 16 to 16 and up. I mean, come on. You'd think he could score a little more often than that. So I'm going to give that James Shepard Memorial 
to Nino Niederreiter as we wrap up a fairly long first segment. <laughs> um, I'm debating on whether I should make this two segments or three because there's the previews. I'm going to be previewing three games coming into uh, next week again against the Dallas Stars, Montreal Canadiens, and then a long wait for Pittsburgh. It's a back-to-back between Stars and uh, Montreal, so you got to think Kemper will be in there, maybe in the Montreal game. It is a homestand. That's the good thing. The Wild have a four-game homestand, so hopefully they can take care of business but um, we'll see what happens there. And then we'll briefly catch up on the Iowa Wild. And there's some good news, even though the team sucks. <laughs> or the record sucks, pardon me. But there's some good news with some of the important prospects down there. So we'll get back to that right after this. shop on Amazon? Did you know that you can support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping and Amazon sees that we referred you and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportstuff.com and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. the wild segment number two previews and well since there's only three games to preview i might as well do the iowa wild uh, checkup after that it's usually pretty brief but there's some 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 good news to talk about there even though again the team's record has not been good all right let's get on with it monday december 21st dallas stars head to minnesota oh the wild have gotten two points in this series so far in the two games but again both of them overtime losses to the dallas stars extremely frustrating um, Charlie Coyle has been one of the better players against the Dallas Stars, and that's a guy with, again, only 14 points in 31 games. The good news is, for the most part, guys have been healthy on this team. The main cogs that have missed time so far for the Wild, again, are Parisi. Obviously, he missed about eight games. Uh, Scandella missed a few, and Deb Dubnik missed some. Fontaine's been out for a lot, but he's back again. That's good, but he's more of a third, fourth-line guy. The main cogs, again, like Parisi, Dubnik, guys like that. I mean, Dubnik missed time, but then the way Kemper played so well. Uh, according to Dan Myers of NHL.com, uh, he expects the wild goalie uh, to be Darcy Kemper. He says, I mean, it's no guarantee or anything, but the possibility does exist there. And you know what? I wouldn't be against that. He was, I think he'd like another crack at it after the way things turned out last time around. And this time the Wild are at home. Hopefully that could help. Uh, the Wild's record in Dallas is, uh, well, it's been well documented. In fact, it was before <laughs> last season when the Wild finally won one in Dallas. It took Devin Dubnik's miracle run to do it. September 11th hadn't even happened yet. <laughs> That's uh, that's kind of weird that it took that long for the Wild to win a game in Dallas. But yeah, it was back in like March 2001. That's kind of weird. That's really weird. And the Stars, from my recollection, oh, actually they were pretty good then. So I, I shouldn't get too uh, <laughs> get too hasty with cutting cutting that team down, even though they had a stretch of some pretty lousy hockey. But they got good in a hurry. Damn it! And they they have the best record in the NHL, and that's not good. If the Wild are going to win a game this week, they better win this one. You know, I mean, if the Wild end up winning only one game, this is the one you got to win. You got Montreal and Pittsburgh coming up. Montreal's a back to back. That's not going to be easy. Pittsburgh's way off until Saturday. And I've talked about it enough. Uh, the two main stars of this team, we know who they are Jamie Benn and, of course, uh, Tyler Sagan. I keep saying it all over the place. Uh, but there's so many other players. And that stinking Blackhawks trade, man, they just had to make that trade at the Blackhawks, didn't they? Oh, do ya? He doesn't put up a ton of points, but, man, he's a hell of a defenseman. He's always there. He's physical. He's in the right place. Patrick Sharp, again, he's more of a second-line, even a third-line type of guy, but he's a hell of he, he's, he's a hell of a version of that. 
And then you got Klingberg with his nine billion assists. He's like he's the Ryan Suter of the Dallas Stars. I'm all excited with Suter with his twenty four points. And you got Klingberg with thirty one. So yeah, great. He's a plus thirteen on the season. Oh man, just uh, they're just kicking everybody's butt right now. The stars just dominating. But again, if the Wild are going to win a game, this is the time to do it. Uh, both of their goalies are beatable. I mean, Kerry Lettinen, the Wild have beaten him before, and Antti Niemi is, well, he's decent. It's kind of like a combination of decent goalies. It's a, I don't want to necessarily say Roley and Manny, because I think Roley and Manny actually were more memorable than these guys. But, eh, I mean, they, they, there were times where they weren't all that great. So maybe you can kind of say it's their version of it, I guess. With with Dallas, uh, both of them have had postseason success. Well, no, Niemi's had postseason success, but then again, he was behind an unbelievable uh, talent in front of him. So, yeah, <laughs> just a little bit of talent in front of him when they won the Cup with Chicago years ago, pre-Corey Crawford. Can the Wild win this game? Absolutely. Uh, the Wild need to start a new... Yeah, they, they need to get going, start a new point streak. They were on a nine-game point streak it ended with that loss to Nashville that was that was depressing um ultimately but you know what's going to happen at some point it's just how it goes uh Kemper hopefully can come out there and shut down the Dallas Stars I'm going to predict a three to two victory for the Wild in regulation no points for the Dallas Stars even though they're 17 oh excuse me they're 24 7 and 2 the Wild are 17 8 and 6 I don't know why I'm saying that I knew that wasn't the Stars <laughs> the Stars are just unbelievable but I do predict the Wild are going to win one I don't think the Stars will sweep this series in fact there's more games to be played but I'm just saying I think this is this is when the Wild win one and yes I'm going to also think that Kemper will be in net and he'll only give up two goals this time and the Wild will win 3-2 to two in regulation so it'll be similar to the Nashville one I think they'll come out with a vengeance you don't lose back-to-back overtime games to this team and then and then take it lightly this team has got to be motivated ready to roll against that Dallas Stars team and I think they will be so if Kemper's going to start for the Dallas game then well we got to think Doobie's going to start against the Montreal Canadiens who have been pretty good <laughs> damn it they've been really good to be quite honest yeah they're they're another first place team just not quite as dominant as the Dallas Stars with 43 uh, points on the year for Montreal they're 20 and 11 the wild success rate against this team is minimal (laughs) that sucks Uh, a very deep roster with this uh, Montreal Canadiens team they've had uh, man they've had a strong season with without a doubt Thomas Placonic leading the way with 27 points, right right behind him, though, with other players. Uh, Max Pacaretti, excuse me, Pacaretti, uh, pardon me for that, <laughs> did not come out right. They've been having a strong season in Montreal, even with Carey Price out for a while now. He's <laughs> he started at 12 games so far on the season, 10 wins, only 2 losses. Just unbelievable record, already had 2 shutouts in that category, only about 2 goals a game. Uh, Mike Condon, who's been decent in in relief of uh, Carey Price due to the injury. He's only been 9-7, and seven, so that's the good news for the Wild, with uh, no offense to Carey Price with how strong Montreal started on the year, but hopefully the Wild can win this game. So it's almost like, I guess, the Wild have a chance to do something pretty nice here and beat two pretty good teams with, obviously, a situation with Mike Condon in the net. Certainly no Carey Price. He's a backup goalie. He's not a bad goalie, but He's certainly, again, not up to the, not up to the uh, the standards of Carey Price. Ultimately, that's the hope here for the Wild. Gives up about two and a half goals on, uh, two and a half goals on the season. Uh, PK Subban, obviously a very very well known defenseman in the league with 23 points so far for the Montreal Canadiens, all, all, all the way up to third on that team in scoring. Um, more good news ultimately. Is Montreal? I mean, their their offense isn't isn't quite like Dallas's. I mean, they're not up and down the roster. The, a, a lot of Montreal's success did rely on on Carey Price, so that's again more good news for the Wild. I think this is a winnable game. Um, their record had been really good, but ultimately the Canadians have been dipping of late. Um, their record was gaudy, but at the same time, it, you know, it got me like, uh-oh, Montreal's back ready and rolling, but no, they're they're still not. <laughs> they're still struggling. That's the good news for the Wild, that they hope that they can get things done here. Uh, do I pick another win for the Wild? Yeah, I'll, I'll pick another win for the Wild here. They, they might as well take care of business against this Montreal team. Um, 
it's almost like if the Wild are going to lose a game, it's going to be probably Dallas or Pittsburgh. Might as well take advantage of this one and win this. I, I say the Wild will win this one 3-1 to one with Devin Dubnik in net. I think he'll have a much stronger showing than he had against those Nashville Predators. And uh, there you go, a 3-1 to one victory for the Wild. In my humble opinion, Dubnik is going to stop probably under 30 shots. He'll probably, it'll probably not be a, a super scary effort from the Montreal Canadiens. And the Wild will put up a good enough effort to get it done. Hopefully you get to see another nifty pass from Vanek or, or another goal from Vanek. I think he's due for that. Would not be surprised to see Parisi score against either Dallas or Montreal. That's for sure. I mean, they, th- those are Parisi type of games right there, especially Dallas. I think Dallas ultimately is going to score Montreal. Eh, who knows? Maybe Marco Scandella, who ultimately is from Montreal. That's his opportunity right there. He might as well take care of business against the Montreal Canadiens. Pittsburgh Penguins, well, well, eh, you know, they've had a... No, it's not been that good. I, I, I don't know. But it seemed like the Wild never beat these guys. Like, the Wild used to always beat them. And this is a home game. But, I don't know. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a huge chemistry rift here, though. Because, I mean, what's what's going on? I mean, <laughs> Jenny Malkin, I mean, well, he's leading the team in scoring by six points. He's six points ahead of Sidney Crosby. And I'm not saying there's anything superly wrong there. It's just weird to see Crosby kind of not doing that hot. I mean, he's not playing as well as he had been in previous years. Uh, Chris Kunitz, who'd been like the find of legends, he was, he was like a 70, 80-point guy. Only 11 points on the year, 32 games. What the hell's up with this? And Phil Kessel, I mean, he just looks like an asshole. I mean, you you look at his, you know, his profile picture or whatever, his, you know what I mean. You look at his season, I forget what the hell they call it, media day photo, he looks like an asshole. Just, 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 just look at him. He looks like that kind of guy that's like, he wants to, he, he drinks too much and he gets in fights at the bar and pisses people off all day and picks fights with people. That's kind of what he looks like to me. Oh, he's from Madison, Wisconsin, so, yeah, that about wraps that up right there. <laughs> he looks like an asshole, man. Uh, Matt Cullen's on the Pittsburgh Penguins. I can't imagine he's having a whole lot of fun in that locker room either. Uh, Pascal Dupuis, yeah, I mean, in, in ode to his career, he's retiring due to blood clots. Um, nothing's wrong with him right now, or nothing's threatening at this moment, so that's good to know. I'm glad that uh, he's alive and well. That's the most important thing, and that uh, hopefully he'll have a very long, healthy, successful life after hockey. I certainly had a successful career in hockey. Started off with the Minnesota Wild many, many years ago, back in back in the opening season. <laughs> All the way back. He was a training camp inventee. Out of nowhere. Opportunity of a lifetime for a guy like that who's looking to, you know, looking to looking to catch a break. The uh, Montreal native, Montreal, Quebec, or actually Laval, Quebec, excuse me, Laval, Quebec was uh, Pascal Dupuis. He definitely has a strong accent. Uh, man, uh, Seemed like a pretty nice guy, though. I, I met him in his second season with the Minnesota Wild. I went to the uh, with with my friend Mike Holzer, who uh, long, long ago in a galaxy far away, we went to the we went to the Taste of the Wild a couple of years in a row, and um, you, you get to meet a, a group of four guys at the time. I mean, I don't even know how it works now, but it's probably about the same because I haven't I haven't been to it in a long time, um, but. Uh, this was a group of guys, Sergei Sholtak, God rest his soul, was one of them. Uh, Brad Bombardier and Willie Mitchell, man. Oh, man. What I what I do to have a defensive pairing like that on this team right now, man. But then again, our defensemen have been doing well. But Pascal Dupuis was the fourth guy in, in that group. And kind of a quiet but a friendly, respectful young man. Of course, he's a few months older than I am, but you get the idea. He was very, very young back then. Looked, he just looked so different from the others. Like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and of course his accent a little bit harder to understand at the time because for some strange reason I wasn't I was stupidly not expecting an accent I, I wasn't thinking back then I was kind of you know kind of young and not thinking but then okay uh, just a nice polite guy uh, it turned out uh, like a year or so later just to be a heck of a player for the wild uh, it was one year later when the wild went on the, when the wild had that wonderful season the 0203 year just took off number two on the team in scoring behind Marion Gavrick and then contract dispute, just like Marion Gabrick the next year. Things were never quite the same with Gabrick or Dupuis after that in the Minnesota Wild. Just kind of an ongoing BS fest between the between you know each player and the uh, organization, and of course their agents in the organization. Just an ongoing BS, and ultimately Dupuis ended up leaving as a free agent. And well, he lasted till he was thirty six, so it's not like he had to retire that young. 
Uh, made a lot of money. Nice career. Not not the highest paid guy ever, but also ended up winning a Stanley Cup with the Pittsburgh Penguins. He, he's been there for a long time now. Uh, hell of a career. And congratulations to Pascal Dupuis. Going, uh, just, just, you know, achieving a dream. Making it to the NHL as a, as a training camp inventee. Uh, way, way, way back at the beginning of the franchise for the Minnesota Wild. I mean, if you're going to be a training camp invitee and you want to surprise people, that's the time to do it because there's not a whole lot of guaranteed spots in that roster. In fact, pretty much none. Uh, so again, God bless Pascal Dupuy and uh, ongoing success and health for him indeed. As for the Pittsburgh Penguins, I don't know. I mean, the Wild, I, I don't know. I mean, they, they're not playing well and, and, and they're an ever-imploding type of team. And I... I I don't know. I mean, I picked them to implode coming into the season, and right now they're not good. I mean, they're only 15 and 14, 33 points. Can I pick the Wild to go 3 and 0 in this stretch? I I I don't feel safe doing it, but I, I mean, it's it's a possibility. It's like put it this way: if the Wild beat the Dallas Stars, they have a very good chance of going undefeated this week because Montreal's doesn't have their top goalie, and then you have. Uh, you have uh, Mr. Uh, here you have the Pittsburgh Penguins struggling like the way they do. I don't know. I mean, it's a home game for the Wild. Uh, the Wild don't win in Pittsburgh very often, maybe a couple times. They used to have such strange success against the Penguins, and they were super good. And then the last couple of years, the Penguins just kicked the Wild's ass, and I don't know what the hell the reasoning of that is. It's really frustrating. Uh, I was about to, you know, I was thinking of picking a loss. Uh, the Penguins have even lost four in a row. Yeah, do they end their losing streak against the Wild? But I suppose it's almost a whole week away. <sighs> Boy, can I pick the Wild to beat the Penguins? It, it's like I'm having a hard time with that one. Mm. I, I I think they can. I think they should beat the Penguins. Mark andre Fleury's been having a fairly strong season. I mean, his record is what it is, but it's because the team's not winning. Uh, 2.29 goals against average, about the same as Dubnik's right now, and Dubnik had to have some pretty good games to get there, so... It's not like he's hurting the Penguins necessarily. They're just not scoring goals, not getting along. It's kind of a mess. And the Dupuis thing, kind of sad. I mean, it's just kind of one of those it is what it is type of deals. I mean, a lot of guys who are supposed to be scoring aren't. I really do think there's a chemistry problem with the forwards of this uh, of this hockey team. And that's a definite situation with the Pittsburgh Penguins at this point in time. So the Wild should win the game. They should take advantage of it and... Gosh, I, I, I swear I'm not a homer, and you guys know I'm not, but <laughs> most of you actually should know that I'm not a homer. But I, I guess I'm going to pick the Wild to win again. I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go with a 2-1 to one kind of a quiet type of game. I think the Wild kind of put the clamps down against this team, and the Penguins struggle to score. Maybe Crosby gets his <laughs> seventh goal of the year. I can't believe I'm even saying it, but if anybody's going to score, it's probably going to be Malkin. It would be a 16th of the year. And I would not be surprised if that did happen. Um, Dubnik will probably be in net again after all that rest. I got to think he will be. Um, that's a lot of time to rest, and you want to you, you don't want to sit him out too long after he's back and healthy and ready to roll again. But I'm going to go with a two to one, quiet kind of clamp it down type of victory for the Wild. They're going to get physical with the Penguins and not let them score, basically. And maybe even a one nothing, two to nothing type of game. That would be pretty cool if the Wild were able to pull that off. But it'll be similar to the Blackhawks game, we'll say. Similar to that. Similar. So there it is. There's your previews. This is going a little bit longer than I expected. But um, ultimately, we're going to check on the Iowa Wild. We might as well do it right now. Uh, they're not doing well. They're only 5-20 and 20 on the season. They're struggling still. <laughs> they're not quite as awful as they started, I guess you could say. Um, but one guy that's been picking it up of late down there, and he got called up temporarily, but was a scratch and never got to play for the Wild during the, the injuries and such, the Scandella. Um, but Mike Riley, he's got 12 points in 27 games now for the Iowa Wild, and that's good. He's only three points behind the team's leaders in scoring, and Michael Kernan and Zach Mitchell. Mitchell's a pretty young guy who still has a chance to... He He's one of those guys who could be, one of, again, one of those undrafted type of players, like Kunitz, like Pascal Dupuis, who might end up making the NHL someday. Um, but uh, points in only half the games doesn't necessarily make him great. Where Riley, 12 points as a defenseman in that time, not bad. It's nice to see him picking it up considering he was awfully quiet starting out the season. In fact, the last show he only had about 5 points. Now he has 12. So a good sign that he's starting to kind of catch up to 
to the uh, to the AHL level at least. Another well, he's a fairly important prospect in Christoph Bersetchi. He's got 14 points in about 30 games. He was a sixth overall, uh, sixth round pick, 120, uh, 58th overall in 2012 for the Minnesota Wild. Still an extremely young guy at only 21. To see him third on the team in scoring and basically second, that's not bad. It's encouraging to see uh, Jared Knight, uh, a notable, only six points in 29 games. So he's still struggling and a very important uh, defenseman prospect for the Wild. Gustav Olsson, six points in 28 games. More of a shutdown Swedish defenseman. A la Jonas Brodeen, and some people continue. Some people of late are talking about like he may end up being better than Jonas Brodeen, and that Brodeen could be traded. How about that? I'm certainly not that ready to give up on Jonas Brodeen. I, I, I don't know. I mean, but he's I don't know. It's the second out of three years now that he's not that he's he's not that hot. And boy, he. His rookie year, he was unbelievable, and his third year last year, he was really, really fantastic. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens with Brodine versus Olofsson here. Uh, it'd be nice to see them play together maybe someday. Hard to see, though, or hard, hard to say when or if that will ever happen. I, I don't know. I mean, somebody's going to have to go at some point, I suppose. <laughs> might as well be might as well be Nate Prosser, huh? No, but then again, he's, he's usually kind of a... He's usually like a quote-unquote seventh defenseman. So, and I think the Wild really like Krista Foley. So, somebody's going to be an odd man out at some point. I don't think it's going to be Matt Dumba. But, uh, I mean, you never know. I highly, truly doubt it'll be Matt Dumba. And, of course, Suter and Spurgeon. There was always talk about Spurgeon getting traded. Now, it's like his value is so high. The thought, the, even the thought of trading Spurgeon is like, are you nuts? Are you crazy? Forget about it. <laughs> but, again, we're just going to have to wait and see what happens with, with things there. There's your Iowa Wild catch-up a bit. Just very brief. You know, just t- telling you how some of the prospects are doing. Nice to see some progress from Mike Riley, and that's why he did get called up recently. And the thought of him getting called up again. And there's another defenseman who, again, could lead to a trade for somebody else down the line here. If Mike Riley continues to develop into what a lot of us do believe he will be for the Minnesota Wild at some point in the not-too-distant future. So we'll wrap things up with that. Looking for a very positive week for the Wild. Keep this thing going. Ending the script. We broke the script. The broken record. (laughs) The Wild hopefully are going to have a more complete season and at least finish in the top three in that central division. And I pray to God that indeed is the case. you got to have a good, strong week against teams like Dallas, Pittsburgh, and Montreal. It would be really huge if the Wild were able to pull that off because the next week you got Detroit and St. Louis. Ugh. Not looking forward to that <laughs> to that New Year's Eve game, but maybe they'll break that curse too. That would be quite impressive. When the time, I mean, we'll talk about that next week, though. When the time comes to preview that one, or maybe we'll have to review it in two weeks. We'll see. But hopefully, we'll be back sooner than later. <laughs>